Buy into the fact that this is a Tuesday show. <laughs> yes, it is currently Tuesday. Yeah, a Tuesday, a Tuesday in September. Uh, <laughs> not even true, you fucking monster. Okay, you know, look, life is lies. You know, big ones, little ones. You know, we got to be upfront about like that we're recording this in August right now because, like, what if some huge disaster happens that's like Digimon related or and then we don't comment know, on it and we, right, look we like don't food. comment on it like we look like real Jekylls <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a new Jack. which is a new reference that you'll get in September <laughs> it's I'm just trying like? to stay ahead of the curb on this one <laughs> sorry did you say ahead of the curb yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> Used to be four ordinary teenagers. Oh, hello. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, episode three. It's a show where three adults with real jobs watch kids' cartoons and act like we have important things to say. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm Austin. And I'm Rory. And, uh, you know, I didn't mean to shit on our show or anything. It's actually really good. And no, you I know, quite like that introduction. Oh, yeah, you mm-hmm. like it? Uh, I, I mean, like cartoons, so <laughs> that works out really well for me. <laughs> oh, I, I like cartoons, says Austin. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, you know, I frequently think that you have one or two interesting things to say per episode. <clears throat> yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to be uh, on the receiving end of that of that hurtful hurtful language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, just as a reminder, we're currently watching Dino Saucers, Digimon, and Sonic the Hedgehog, and I think it's time that we started talking about them. Yeah, I want to. I want to know what you thought. Let's crack Digimon. open a fresh Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought a six pack of Digimon <laughs> for a hot day. I got some digis. <laughs> um. So yeah, this was episode three. This was uh the episode about Matt. And his how cool it is. It's goes what is it called? The uh the birth yeah. of Garurumon? Oh, just Garurumon. Just Garur. Yeah. The other one is the birth of Greymon. So this is right, just... right, right. it's actually really uncomfortable to say the word Garurumon. Uh, yeah. It's it's really not great. Uh so the the sort of TV guide blurb for this one is the kids run away from a monochromon battle. They come across a trolley car on a small island and decide to spend the night in it until they are attacked by a Seedramon. And yes, if that sounds like gibberish, it is gibberish. Uh, and we're going to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was a it was a good start, I think, actually. They uh they sort of established the fact that Digimon can't stay Digivolved, which is a question that I had after last episode. Yeah, uh, of course, you know, Ty didn't have to be super rude about it and begin with, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're way cooler as Greymon. <laughs> Why are, are you the ugly baby dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Ty's the worst main character. Ty but, is so uh, bad. You know, uh, I hate maybe... Ty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, uh... <laughs> uh, no, but they get attacked. They get attacked yeah, they get by attacked, it. And we have a very kind of like, and so... it's a very, uh, I guess you would call it uh, Discovery Channel-y. Like, <laughs> they show up, the monochromons show up. Oh my god! And then we immediately oh, kind yeah. of get into the history of monochromons. Yes, <laughs> there are confirmed. I mean, we saw that with the like weird beetle Tie Fighter Pokemon in the first episode, but <laughs> there are more than one of a type of Digimon. Right? Yeah, they're not. Yeah, that but usually it's thing. just the garbage ones, right? <laughs> it's yeah, just like the ones who don't matter. Right. I mean, I'd be really uncomfortable if we met another Agumon. Like, that would just feel weird, because he's, like, established as a main character. Yeah, would he have oh, the same voice the and everything? You meet the babies of, I think, the the plants? There's the a, plants. In this episode, right? There's a bunch of... Or was it last one? Maybe. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I must... I think I'm... I think I'm talking out of, talking out of school. Are, wow. You're just the, giving us spoilers, Rory. Spoilers, babies. Hold on. Hold on. Spoilers. I just need... Are the... Are the fish that are summoned, are the fish Digimon? Or are <laughs> they real fish? So. Yeah. He, has, he says fish help. He, he doesn't call them Fishmon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they, eat, they eat fish this episode. So, right. like, like, do we? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's a real, it, that, both Digimon and Pokemon seem to have this issue of, like, are there real animals that aren't Digimon or Pokemon? Because otherwise, we're literally eating, like, you know, Miltanks and Taurus for dinner. It's <laughs> like, Miltank steak over in Pokemon World and like I don't know Agu Shank, like it's just it's really uncomfortable. But it looks like they're actually are fish, so that yeah. line is very weird. Well, and some Digimon have full capability to speak, and others just kind of roar and are shitty monsters. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like the 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 Mickey Mouse issue with uh, him having a dog, but also a dog friend. It is a one hundred percent what that is. <laughs> it's really un- well, uh, you know i don't know if it's classist or or racist like i don't know what it is but it's very strange um yeah so my okay. questions continue with the show <laughs> yeah the questions are always are always present so the they get attacked by monochromon but they don't really it's like monochromon are fighting each other and then they run away i don't know that was that was very odd and seemed a little pointless uh-huh. but uh but yeah, then then uh, we sort of get a hint as to the main like theme of this episode when TK trips and Matt is like trying to help him, and it's like ah, this is going to be a brothers episode, uh, and you know, and that's good. That's good because anything that is not about Ty, I'm probably going to be for. Yeah, yeah, which is another reason why Ty does not belong as the main character. Like Matt. Matt would have been such a great main character for so many reasons. First of all, him having his relationship with his brother that we could sort of give more time to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ty just says nothing. He's just, he's a, a an empty void. He has no soul and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rory, maybe I'm speaking out of school here, but I feel like at one point I knew somehow peripherally about Digimon that Ty actually had a sibling. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, okay, so I'm not insane. All right. You're not insane? No, he's got a little sister. Oh. Okay, so at some point, they realize that he needs some attachment to another they, person for us to care and grab onto it. 
Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. I mean, which would have been nice, too, if we could have. I mean, obviously, it was a retcon. Because otherwise, it would have been like, oh, geez, I've got a little sister, too, at home. Man, I think about her all the time. I think about you and you and, and TK. And we yeah. actually get some interesting bonding there. But nope, nope. We have our garbage boy guy <laughs> doing nothing as usual. Fighting Matt over getting way too handsy with his with his Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ty like sexually harasses Gabumon. Yeah, and, uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> he's like, ooh, someone's gonna take your fur and use it as a blanket. It's like he's like no, fucking that's... stop, dude. <laughs> yeah, stop. and then Matt stop joking about skinning my friend. Yeah, and then Matt jumps in, he's like, Hey man, you're super out of line. And then everyone's like, Hey, you guys both need to stop fighting. I'm like, no, Matt, Matt's <laughs> defending his Digimon. <laughs> And Ty is being a little asshole. You know, we learned something very important about Matt in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that he plays the harmonica? That he's a jazz cat. <laughs> we learned cat. two very important things. <laughs> that he, he's very conflicted with how much he cares and yes. being cool. And these two things these two things are in constant, are in constant turmoil inside him. Yes. He doesn't know how to be cool and love and care as hard as he cares. He's a half brother who he doesn't see very much. And that is why Matt is so in love. That's why Matt is, he cares so much. <laughs> well, actually, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, I went and I did the, the evil thing again. And I looked at the fan wiki for Digimon about this episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. And, uh, that's a, that's a dub mistake. Uh, they are oh. full on. They are full on siblings. Their parents are just divorced, uh, and they actually correct it later. They never say later on. They don't talk about them being half siblings again. Huh. Uh, they are full siblings. They're just they're, their parents. Do you think are that's divorced. a dumb mistake, or do you think that? I mean, I don't. I can't imagine what happens in Japan, but in America, it's almost unheard of that one parent gets to get one of the kids. Yeah, you know that's that's possible. It might they might they maybe changed it to make it make a little more sense to people, but uh, yeah. To yeah. my knowledge, you know, in my meager research, apparently they are full siblings. Yeah, the way okay. they said it in the show, like it wasn't just a mistake. Like it was clearly said as the reason. You know, it's like they're half brothers and don't get to see each other a lot. Like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's a solid airtight rationale. Mm-hmm. One goddamn thing in this show that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So yes, in the blurb they they mention it, but uh, it's important to reference. We, we show up at this lake with a streetcar in the middle, yeah, with a little island and a streetcar on it. Yeah, and that's just that's just we're just taking that at its at its not weirdness. Uh, well, although when the lights come on, they have a little bit of a like, hey, wait a minute. And you can see like stop signs in the distance, like weird traffic signs uh-huh. also. Yeah, um, in the trees, and and I, I'm honestly like. Where we aren't, for once, fed an entire, like, dictionary page on the digital world. You know, we're not really given anything about it. I'm uh, not sure why it's digital. Why it's digital. I do not know. <laughs> but both have real thin ice. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing these little bits of, like, the, uh, the, the phone booths and seeing the street signs and seeing the trolley car... Without getting those inf- that those like explicit reasons why they're there is actually kind of compelling. 
Yeah, I agree. Can I clarify something, Austin? What? Uh, are you praising Digimon for its deft world building? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I am for this particular aspect. I think it's the, the such a rough contrast to everything else being so spoon fed that we're actually given these very surreal design elements that are not explained that, you know, you know, by contrast, draw a lot more intrigue. Mm hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, funny, I feel I, that. But at the same time, the funny thing is that, um, you know, they're often used as if the thing is normal. Mm -hmm. You know, like the phones where everybody immediately is not questioning this weird phone bank and just <laughs> tries to make phone calls. Like, oh, my God, thank, <laughs> thank you for phones. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not going to, like, stop and ponder as to, like, the surrealism of it and wonder if it's, you know, this kind of, uh, uh, you know, art piece of a commentary on our digital culture <laughs> i mean i mean it made me think about uh i mean I, it's the booth connection but it did make me think about the phantom toll booth you know just sure. like you know normal life but then there's like this weird magic toll booth and the kid's just like all right sure like yeah, you know let's kid, accept this yeah kids kids buy into shit all the time so, you know, they find this trolley car and everybody's like, great, uh, somewhere to sleep. Thank God Mimi doesn't have to lay in the dirt. Little princess Mimi. Yeah, uh, or go to some shopping malls. <laughs> uh, but they're all really hungry. And this is, this is actually my, uh, my favorite line in the whole episode. Uh, they look, they, they, they catch some fish. You know, there's a few hijinks watching Digimon, you know, pick some fruit and stuff. And they roughhouse. But like... <laughs> Ty comes back and demonstrating that he's never once been out where there are trees. He uh, he tries to cook a fish by just holding it over the fire. <laughs> and, and Matt comes over and is like, what? Basically, like, what the fuck are you doing? I've got just put it on a stick. I made and this great Ty invention. Goes, it's putting a fish on a stick. <laughs> and Ty says, how'd you think of that? And Matt goes, because I'm the man. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing because yeah you are you are the man he's so now. right he's so right you got to put fish on a stick because you're going to burn your hand off if you hold something over the fire because anyone who's ever seen a fire knows that tie yeah uh i i i have some questions <laughs> um what is gabumon's deal <laughs> like he's such a nerd. is know. his <laughs> is he is he wearing like the fur of a Garurumon? Like is he wearing a pelt no. on top of his other is it just like a, a second color of pelt? I don't know. So let me let me pull up a, a picture of Gabumon because uh He's sort of an unexplained second pair of arms. Yeah. Yeah, they just kinda are like limp, like little dead baby arms that kinda he, just he looks like he okay, so imagine uh, a yellow, like a tiny yellow Tyrannosaurus with a unicorn horn. And then over top of that, he's like wearing a full on weird stripy wolf pelt. Yeah, because like, you but see like the yellow of... under his eyes. Like you see more of the yellow. So it's not yeah. just like a pure transition. Yeah, it's it's a little odd. And then when he, in this episode, when he digivolves into Garuruman, Garuruman is this giant, super awesome, stripy wolf. Right. So so I get where you're coming from. It does kind of like a wolf cat, right? Yeah, kind of like a wolf cat. It's a little feline. So it's weird. It would be like if I don't know, like 
like if Squirtle evolved into Charizard, but Squirtle looked like Squirtle, except he wore a small Charizard sweater. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> a Charizard again. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I hate yeah, you. I know. I really, um, oh my God. My, my other thought is like when I'm starting to see these Digimon like talk more, it's kind of getting to me that we really don't know anything about them as characters. Yeah. Because they are talking and they're taking up a lot of time and sort of using voice lines and they're thinking people essentially, mm-hmm. but they just have no development. And, and so, like, I, I mean, just, we, I'm not compelled. We get, by... we get some character traits in this episode. Like, I feel like I have a grasp on Mimi's Digimon, uh, Palmon, the little like plant lady. Yeah. Like, you know, she seems kind of outdoorsy and fun. And then like Izzy's weird bug one seems like a know-it-all. Yeah. And, you know, like, like there's a couple little things that I'm like, okay, I get where you're coming from. But, you know, moment to moment line delivery, it's kind of just like whatever the writer felt like shoving into a Digimon's mouth and they roll right. a die. Right. Well, like, and, and the problem is that from episode one, they were introducing 14 main characters. Yeah. Seven, seven kids, seven Digimon, and they all have, they all got to get lines in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have 14 main characters in a kid's show, you're going to have very little time for any development, which, of course, is why they're spending one episode for each, like, pair. each, each Digivolve, like each pair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, God, if you could just cut down, like, one or two. Uh, like, yeah. Joe. Yeah, like, Joe or... <laughs> You know, some of the some of the useless ones just you could cut like Joe. Joe. And Mimi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm I'm interested in Mimi's thing. Yeah. Her weird you know, cowboy, I want to see her. Cowboy. Yeah, I want to see her. I want to see her develop more. But, you know, the the whole idea of having 14 main characters and, and no time to develop beyond two lines of dialogue per person per episode is is really yeah, yeah. yeah get my goat mon. <laughs> yeah, especially when there's when they don't have like well, I guess it goes both ways. When they have this sort of like obvious, you know, bell they can ring, like Joe's gonna say something dorky and Matt's gonna say something that, you know, makes yeah. us fall in love. <laughs> um, but you know, for example, Sora. Sora's a character who's just got her head on straight, and that's that's kinda hard to hard to sell as your character. As yeah. like your as as your one sort of over the top trait. Yeah, they need it's to give her more. Being, like, okay, I, being, I got cast as Sora. What? What? How am I going to deliver these lines? Well, Sora is just really reasonable. <laughs> yeah, say it like you know uh, what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're interesting. I. I I have to hope that they. I mean, they already are growing on me a little bit, right? Like all these characters. I, uh, uh, in spite of myself and how much I sort of don't want to like it, I am starting to like it and all these characters. I still really <laughs> wish that there was a story, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so okay. So let's let's continue talking about what happens in the episode, right? So they mm-hmm. get to the trolley and they all decide they're going to go to sleep after they've eaten fish, which are not fishmon. They're just fish. 
Just fish. Just fish. Just like rated that they're not worthy enough to be gifted with divine awareness. Yeah. And <clears throat> so they go to bed uh, and they they actually have to fight a little bit over who's going to take watch because there's sort of like this time Matt rivalry because Ty's realized that Matt's better than him in every way. And he is sort of he is sort of, um, you know, by pure happenstance, fall into the leader role and does not want to give it up. Power has gone straight to his head. <laughs> his giant hair. <laughs> yeah, his head has, has actually shaped that way. The hair I don't is like, it. like an inch long. Yeah, that's why he needs goggles. That somebody's coming for the throne. So we learn a very important thing about Matt. Uh, so Matt Matt does this amazing big brother thing because he's a beautiful, kind person, and he yeah. sends he sends his Gabumon to keep TK warm. Ah, oh. and then oh, TK, was... TK looks up and he's like, "Thanks, Matt." And Matt blushes, and it's, it's so good. Oh, it's so cute. He's like, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm not a good big brother." Yeah, you are. Um, but we learn after he and Ty have a little conversation, and uh, he he has this weird moment where he goes, "Ugh," and then he runs away from Ty, but. He doesn't go to do anything important. He goes to sit on the other side of the lake and be a little jazz man and play harmonica, like mm-hmm. blues boy, like a little bluesy boy. And yeah. he He's plays this jazz out like like the kid's got soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it's crazy. But we sort of get like a hint. See, this is why I like this episode and why I like Matt and, and TK, because we kind of get this hint at how they react that perhaps when they lived together, that TK would sleep better when Matt was playing the harmonica, right? Nobody has to say that. They're just oh, show, they're showing it. I didn't pick it, up on that. Right? Like, we're, like, TK sort of, like, here's the harmonica, and he's like, thanks, Matt, or whatever. And, like, you know, it's like this thing that's, like, we, we're like, oh, man, there's, like, a history, and, like, TK likes it when he plays the harmonica, and, like, that gets reinforced at the very end when they're doing their little cuddle puddle, and, like, oh, you're the best, Matt, and he's playing the harmonica. Like, it's, it's a cute little bit of character building that no one else has gotten yet. At all. No one no. has anything quite that good. No so. one really deserves it yet. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate I appreciate that sort of thing, you know, uh, like a detail that you don't have to just title card for us, you know? Yeah. Nobody well, nobody's off in the corner going like, oh man, you know, he would play for him every night. It's just like, no, they like we're left to kind of guess. I mean, I'm inferring, but it, that's mm-hmm. what it felt like to me, right? Well, it's um, so much more natural to have it between the brothers because we really don't have much of any suggestion on how these other characters are related to each other and know each other. Like, how? Just, what do they think camp. of each other? Like, they're like, but some of them were friends before, right? I felt like they were friends. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's possibly some history there, but I don't think we've gotten any of it explicitly told to us. Yeah. So naturally, the only like actual human connection we know of are the brothers. And so that's why it's super easy and super natural to uh, show their their drama and their connection together. But we don't get anything else. And that's also frustrating. Mm -hmm. We get the idea from the pilot that they know each other like that's sort of the the conceit of how they were talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. When the, when the, what you mean, the digi, whatever their watches are, computers, when their computers fall out of the sky. Yeah. Digivices, right? Is that what it is? I think you're right. Yeah. It's probably right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. Who cares? Put digi on the front. Yeah. We're all going to die anyway. (laughs) Who cares? Let's call them digivices. (laughs) 
<laughs> Life is meaningless. So, you know, fuck it. Um, Can I ask something? Did you guys also notice that, or starting to notice that the Digimon aesthetic is kind of, their, like, character design aesthetic is kind of taking uh, an animal and then putting, like, a a different colored head, like a yeah, mask they, thing on yeah. them? Oh. Like, they all have, they all have, like, with Greymon... They they all have this fucking to bring up Cubone again. Yeah, which we often do. <laughs> Once an episode. <laughs> Once an traditional Cubone. A, a different organic way to bring up Cubone. Um, but they all kind of have this Cubone thing going on. Uh, and I don't know if that's just the way their character designer just kind of felt like, ah, is and he gets a a face thing. Headpiece. Headpiece. I think one yeah. funny thing is that almost all of the Digimon are just kind of have like a high voice or um, sort of sh- like kind of cute animal, what you would expect. Yeah, like a soft guy. Gabumon's got this like low voice and he's got a weird accent. Yes, <laughs> yes, Gabumon, Gabumon speaks <laughs> about, about Matt. Oh, if I jump in, I'm just warning you, my fur is going to get stinky. <laughs> Yeah, Gabumon was really worried about his first smelling bad because it got wet. Uh, I like that he was conscientious about it and told everyone, though. <laughs> I honestly just wish they couldn't talk. <laughs> they provide nothing. It would be so much more interesting to have the kids just talking and dealing with whatever they think the Digimon's going to do. Uh, yeah, I, I wish they didn't have mouths. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I don't like hearing him talk. No, it's, it's my not ears. fair. Oh, <laughs> the fact that they can talk is the only reason it's different from Pokemon. Right, that's, Which that's I, and fun. I'm saying I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're entitled to an opinion. Uh, I think. I mean, they all man. could have speaking in like speaking. Speakin'. They all could have. They all could have spoken in like <laughs> computer noises because they're Digimon. They could open <laughs> their mouth and open just their mouth. Like, <laughs> Beep boop. Dial tone. Dial dial up connections. Just like. (laughs) Oh, he's evolving. (laughs) No, I'm with I'm with Austin. Like like I think on one hand, some of them get some get some light characterization. Yeah. But they mostly use the fact that Digimon can talk to either info dump the viewer or just constantly say exactly what they're thinking. Uh, Oh yeah. Yep. I mean that's. I guess I guess I'm sort of sort of lamenting the opportunity that it provides when they can talk, uh, uh-huh. rather rather they than its current execution. They can't have a backstory. They can't really have any backstory. Well, I mean, I you wish know, they... they're just like babies, no, like flies living in the moment with no real like goals or desires or wants other than food. You know, yeah, food, food, and they want to evolve and protect their brand new best friend so they don't know or care about or have any reason to care about. Like, do they want to go home? Do they want to, like, see their Digimom? <laughs> I just cracked myself up when I said Digimom. That was a good one. Good one, Austin. Are you high-fiving yourself vigorously? Nice God, you know <laughs> okay, so let's finish this out. Uh, I can I can do it real fast. Mm-hmm. They fight Cedramon. They fight Cedramon. Uh Matt jumps in like a freaking goddamn hero to save TK, and he swims oh, no. towards certain danger. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gabumon jumps in after him too. 
everything's kind of okay, but it's because Gabumon evolves into Garurumon, kicks Seedramon's butt. Yeah, and oh, and you forgot to mention that plot reasons decided mm-hmm. that the other Digimon couldn't digivolve. Oh yeah, it's it's his turn. It's Garurumon's turn. Well, we found out that that part of it is part of this conceit is these the uh, the element of danger. They're yeah. Both- Girl's got to be got to be threatened with mortal mortal peril. Yeah. I mean, if I was if I was in this situation, I would start trying to game it. I'd be like, "All right, well, we're all gonna jump off a cliff and try and make our Digimon digivolve at the same time." That's I why you can't. That's why you couldn't have ever been trusted with a Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you don't deserve the mon. I'm never gonna get my my Digimon, Digimon Wizard Academy letter. They're never gonna <laughs> never gonna give me one. Damn it. There's another dream dead. Uh, you know what's kind of funny about this episode is that they still sort of framed it through the eye of Ty. Like yeah. the episode wasn't about Matt learning uh, how to take care of his brother and be a better provider or whatever. It's Ty learning that Matt doesn't suck. <laughs> that Matt, that Matt, that Matt really, you know, that Matt has feelings. You're right, actually. You're <laughs> like right. That's the sort of. And then and they they come back to it at the end. They sort of tie ties like ah, oh, what a good guy. Like now ties now ties kind of on team Matt too. Yeah, even though he was kind of on team Matt from episode one, he just kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> like true. that. He's like oh Matt's so cool. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I don't know that's... where he soured on Matt. Yeah, Again, but because he's. He he, thre- he threatens the top boy position. <laughs> that's honestly, that's probably not far off. Like top you know, boy. Ty Ty has nothing in his life. He has literally nothing, nothing. And, in his his life. Su- and he somehow stumbled into this goggle-based ruler. <laughs> <laughs> this group of boys and girls and monsters, and he's yeah, Lord of the Flies. Keep his leadership because there was no election. Nobody chose him. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he got handed a, a fucking orange Tyrannosaurus Rex. He does not want to give them away. No. Yeah. People just take decided. These goggles over my cold, dead body. A leader is like the only positive trait he's got going on. <laughs> and he's not a good one. No, he's not. Do we have a an episode title for the next one? Yeah, so the next episode is called Beomon Gets Firepower. Uh, I don't remember Beomon. which one Beomon is. Beomon is, is Sora's, Sora's bird. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sora's little bird. Oh, the pink bird. So coming up. Okay, so next episode is a Sora episode, which hopefully means that we'll get a little more character out of her. Oh, I can't wait. Being being competent, right? Um, how many how many shows just have this like competent yeah. female character that gets everything done and no character development? Mm-hmm. About time. Not, yep. Uh, so I I actually have a little uh a little segment tonight. I have Ooh. a thing. Uh-oh. Uh. And and I'm gonna do it for all three of our shows. So here, here we go. Uh, he's he's got a slideshow. <laughs> yeah, I've I've done my homework. I I did a project for you guys. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a new segment that I, I haven't come up with a title for, but I'm gonna title it right now. It's gonna be called "On This Day in Animation History," and then I'm sure <laughs> Kyle, our producer, is gonna really sex that up with like some echo and maybe like a little theme song to go with my segment. Yeah, there's there's going to be a song. Like if we're going to fix it. Don't hear a song. It's yeah, stop listening to the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs>
There's gonna be a song. <laughs> it's, it was. It's gonna sound real sexy in yeah. post. Uh, like all the choruses, all the children are gonna sing. Like it's gonna be a full string section. You'll be moved to tears. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, you're welcome, Kyle. Uh, Let's do it. Uh, so this is. So this episode aired on August 28th, 1999, and this is actually the one that I have the least amount of content for uh, because apparently summer 1999 there wasn't a lot of stuff starting up, and I was mostly interested in things that were sort of like beginning contemporary with our shows because we're still oh, okay. very early, right? So sure. like. August 1999 was a bit of a dry spell, but I've got a few got a few interesting facts, and these these actually kind of threw me for a loop because I sort of had these filed these shows filed in different chronology. Uh, I didn't necessarily realize somewhere this early or this late. So 1999, right? So SpongeBob actually predates Digimon by a few months. No way. Uh, which is really weird to me. Um, so that that show had actually been going for several months on on Nickelodeon. Well, but when did Digimon come out in Japan? Was it well, before that? Several months. Yeah, I think it. I think Japan. I think it predates it. Uh, okay. There was maybe like a six or seven month gap. I can't remember. I, remember, I looked at it, but um, it was less than a year of gap between uh, original Japanese airing and this airing. <clears throat> uh, Rocket Power was four episodes in on this day. Uh, for I, Digimon. I, I don't even know if I've heard of Rocket Power. Really? Oh. You ever watched Rocket Power? I saw Rocket Power go by and I didn't watch it because I hated sports. So Well, I hated sports <laughs> too, but I liked Rocket Power. Uh, Rocket Power is this cool show about a bunch of cool dudes. I actually really just despise the characters. Oh, I, I have seen this. This is a, cool, a Nickelodeon thing. Yeah, Nickelodeon thing where they're they're all into extreme sports and they're Yeah, they're like, all pretty gnar. Yeah, they're super gnar. Uh yeah, so Rocket Power was already four episodes in. Uh, Family Guy and Batman Beyond had already aired entire first seasons before Digimon started. Wow. Uh, which is crazy to me. Family Guy is much older than I remembered. And yeah. Fu- Futurama and Home Movies were both in the middle of their first season at this time, too. Wow. So that is my uh, my least interesting of the evening on this day in animation history. And then we're going to hear a little outro that Kyle's going to make for this segment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's got, like, this one is totally different from the intro. Yep. Uh, it's, you know, but it has... But thematically quite fitting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like an old, a chorus of, like, older older men that all chant. They start with the low chant. Angelic harmony. Right, then you bring in, like, you know, uh, some sirens Combo. that go by. Uh, like police sirens, and it, it just, like, it harmonizes. Yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah. So thanks for that, Kyle. Uh, that mm-hmm. was really, really well done. <clears throat> yeah. Loved hearing that. Um, cool. Well, I think that wraps us up on Digimon episode three. I think so, too. Yeah. OK. Uh, hey, Rory. Hey, Austin. Yeah. Um, I was uh, excited when I looked over the list of our sponsors for this episode. Yeah, I was, too. Tell yeah. me why. Well, because I just, uh, I definitely noticed that there was one that really stood out to me. Uh, if you knew anything about uh, the, uh, that new product, that new product that's really exciting, the, uh, <laughs> the, the Pawn Stars Tracker Watch. The Pawn Stars Tracker Watch. <laughs> I don't even know, know anything <laughs> Okay, so this week we've got an ad, we've got a sponsor from Pawn Stars, who have uh, released a, a digital watch that lets you know when new episodes come out. Oh, and wow! Then you can watch an episode of Pawn Stars. 
Can you watch it on the watch? Ah, no, Andy. It's a tracker watch, not a television. <laughs> so you're looking at your tracker watch while you watch? And no, you look at the tracker watch and it says, hey, dummy, go watch a show. And you do it because you're a dummy, because you're a dumb idiot. <laughs> I guess... I guess I'm just not I'm not fully understanding, right? So like if you, you you bought a tracker watch, so obviously you care a lot yes. about Pawn Stars. Both are uh, true. Potentially, potentially. Do you not know do you not just know when Pawn Stars comes on? No. Who knows now? Like <laughs> a lot of people don't watch television. You're a busy fucking guy, Andy. What are you gonna do? Remember when Pawn Stars is on eight times a day? I gotta keep track of every single time. I just want my watch to yell at me at Pawn Stars this time. <laughs> All right, Sorry, how much I, does I, this I cost? How can we get it? Oh, it's very cheap. It's 99 cents, and you just you just put that in an envelope, mail it to 123 Fake Street. Oh. <laughs> and they That's they give you a dig, they give you they give you a digital watch that says Pawn Stars on it. It's digital. So nice. you know it's high quality, high quality digital <laughs> algorithms. <laughs> keep keep the trapper keep the tracker running uh you know uh, on greenwich time wow well that's great we'll, we'll be sure to uh make sure people know about that thanks oh, yeah, well, buzz buzz yeah. buzz hold on pawn stars is coming on <laughs> <laughs> go watch it dummy they were called dinosaurs my friends and i became the secret scouts Okay, why don't we start talking about Dino Saucers? This episode was real exciting. Uh, It was called Happy Egg Day to You. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I got. (laughs) Yep, Happy Egg Day. Uh, It's actually going to be my egg day next week. Uh, Oh, Happy Egg Day. Just, you know, small small, uh, plug for myself. Uh, Next week. I didn't know your birthday was in September, Andy. (laughs) Yes, September is being the month that we currently are in. Uh, yep, I was. Yep, that's true. Born uh, in so, August the September. <laughs> August September. Yeah. Um. So this episode, Happy Egg Day to you. A uh, little description. We got the secret scouts and dinosaurs plan a surprise party for Paul while the Tyrannos infiltrate Lava Dome to steal the secret of dino evolving. It was uh, a real dinger. <laughs> yeah yeah everybody was a real jekyll this episode <laughs> you're not gonna get that started <laughs> this is where it begins futuristic september slang <laughs> it yeah, was so we, it, at the beginning paul's singing his happy birthday to me song and it's quite cute oh is, is paul. it oh <laughs> i thought it was funny uh, but what i thought was weird was when they cancel his birthday party, well, they don't really cancel. They're just like, there's something bad's happened, Paul. And uh, oh, they tell dude. him something bad has happened, like it's a after-school special, like, and dad's not coming home any for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's a terrible lie. They're just like, yep. Uh, so, so okay, so Paul's, tr- Paul's excited because it's his birthday, and Aloe and Ryan come in, and they're very, uh, very grave, and they say, "No, we actually don't have time for a party because of the Tyrannos. They're doing something terrible, and we gotta keep watch on them." And Paul yeah. is crushed. Yeah, where is Paul's? Yeah. Where is Paul's family? That's a. That's so. I. Oh my God, that is my biggest question in this whole episode because 
it looks like we learn in this episode that in Lava Dome, all these kids have their own apartments. It's like they live here. Yeah. It's like, huge. It's so big. It's really big. They've got apartments for the kids. And I have to wonder what the fuck Paul's family is doing on Paul's birthday that they're not just like, like, do they know about the dinosaurs? Because they're trying to keep them secret, I guess. Yeah. And they're the I mean, did they scouts? just take in some wayward orphans and, and like <laughs> raise them as their ward? Or, you know, are they just like kids that like this is their after school project? Or <laughs> until we get an origin episode where we actually see. I don't think we're going to. I don't know. God, I want it. I mean, it's in the theme. It's just like we met some friends from out of town and they gave us these cool rings and now we're the secret scouts. And, and we, are, uh, we get no information on that. I mean, <laughs> we still don't know. Like the rings just kind of make you better. <laughs> and the they're from some planet and the kids are just kind of helping them out. Like, let's get an origin episode. Rings, are you talk about their sake. secret scout rings, their magic yeah. rings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's such I don't a know. that's such a throwaway piece of character building that they all have magic rings. You know, compared yep. to a Captain Planet where it's like the whole gimmick. Yep. Mm -hmm. These magic rings are yeah, barely an afterthought. Well, yeah, and, it's like you the, know, yeah, the power ring that kind of vaguely makes you better at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and Captain Planet wasn't even going to come out for another 2 or 3 3 years. Fair enough, that's like true. Captain Captain Planet Probably was well, like we didn't know how cool rings were yet. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know. We we were just we were too young. We had the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins is old. Ah, uh, Zan and Jaina. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, they really just dropped the ball in the power ring situation. Um, but they uh, so so the the crux of the issue is that they're faking a disaster so that Paul yes. doesn't realize that they've actually planned him this really meager surprise party in a side room with a lava dome. Yeah, and can I say the comment about it being a surprise and like, why do you say surprise when it's already going to be a surprise is a pretty good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, I was kind of caught off guard by a little bit of logic there. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but it still harkens to like a, an already dead, dead joke that the dinosaurs are going to sort of poke holes in the in the way us us puny humans do our have our yeah. have customs well like, oh, not okay. the, yeah yeah our teams are our sports teams have funny names surprise <laughs> parties say surprise like yeah. it's not a, it's it's true that the the observation is we have quirks but is it really a, an observation that needed to be made like was that yeah. mm -hmm. i i, I think that it's, the funny I, thing I don't know. I think it's airtight observational humor. <laughs> and what's with surprise parties? We already know it's a surprise. So you don't have uh, to say it twice. <laughs> not to not to kind of spoil you guys, but I did I did look ahead. Like I said, I think I mentioned this last episode, but uh, I looked ahead at episode titles and a few of the descriptions. Uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but this whole like dinosaurs don't understand human things is basically the entire plot of every episode, especially for the, tyra the tyrannos. The tyrannos are they're, they're in All of their plots and schemes are because they've misunderstood something about human culture. It is, it's actually ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm probably overstating that a little bit. I think there's probably some episodes that don't do it, but it was a real repeating theme of yeah, just bizarre dinos, not getting it. So, 
So I don't know. But they've got a and actually this is this is a little strange. Uh the weirdest part of the episode for me. So they've they're going they're talking about what they've gotten Paul for their for his birthday and for his yeah. egg day. Can I I don't mean to, to <laughs> No, uh, no, take it. Your, I think I, the the weird the weird sort of side thing to uh the dinosaurs not understanding our customs is how much they actually do. Like <laughs> so for them to be like, What's a yeah. birthday? Oh, but we've got egg days. That's it's exactly the same. And they With give the each other birthday egg. egg. They've got they've got birthdays. That's yep. exactly the same. Yep. And they're, they're yeah. present. Their present is a birthday egg that contains a robot dinosaur they call a party animal. <laughs> <laughs> and the that dinosaur was... is just a glorified wind-up toy. We are yeah. led to believe at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Little little do we know later on, we will have some frightening realizations about the party animal. But I'll leave yeah. that to later. I cannot wait. <laughs> but the kids actually get him a portable CD player. Uh, and that le- brings up the worst, most confusing joke that I've ever heard in a cartoon. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, so the dinosaurs, in addition to their traditional dinosaur egg, like birthday egg that they're giving him with the crazy wind-up toy, is they've gotten him a CD player too, except they got him a CD player, like S-E-E-D-Y, and it looks just like a shitty phonograph. And they're like, oh, we found the shittiest mu- shittiest player, like the, the seediest player we could find. And I'm actually not even familiar with this definition of the word seedy, but I did look it up. So definition one is the one I understand, which is the one that means sordid and disreputable. Yeah. Which is the only way that I understand it now. But definition two is shabby and squalid. So apparently to some people, oh, the word seedy a... can mean bad and shabby. And so they've got him a shabby player because they thought that's what he wanted because he wanted a CD player. It is definitely the stupidest and worst. It's pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I still, I find Paul's dorkiness still a little endearing. I still, no, Paul's, I love Paul's Paul. the best. Yeah, he's, Paul is the best. Yeah, yeah. And again, he saves the day. And his song, uh, his song spoiler about alert, save the day. He's just like bouncing, just jumping, jumping for joy. <laughs> As he's as he's on his way to save his birthday, he's gonna he has to save his own birthday by saving the day. <laughs> Such a cute little loser. All right. So so the the real plot of the episode is set off because Paul, believing that they can't have his birthday party because they're worried about the Tyrannos, thinks that if he finds out what the Tyrannos are up to up to and then reports back, that they'll be like satisfied and have his birthday party. So he goes off alone to go spy on the Tyrannos. Uh, and then never, of course, shows up to a surprise party, and everyone's really worried. Uh, and so, at the same time, the Tyrannos are spying on the Lava Dome, and they see that everyone's sort of distracted, I guess. They just sort of hand wave that, and they're like, great, this is the perfect time for us to invade Lava Dome. And so everyone sort of, like, swaps places, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of the whole episode, right? So, mm-hmm. like, so they, uh, we actually, we get a new Tyranno this episode. We get Terrible Dactyl. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> who's who's the one spying? Uh, and then we never see him again. Uh, he disappears off the face of the earth. Yeah, that's um, fine. But his name is Terrible Dactyl. Um, and the Tyrannos, uh, not to just keep monologuing, I, I just I, this is just sort of like a large, a big picture thing I want to make sure that we <laughs> say out loud, is that they're really want, the, the reason they want to sneak into the Lava Dome is to steal the secret of 
Dinovolving, which we yeah. saw in the first episode. Yep. That one thing that is kind of helpful. It's like marginally helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit bigger. <laughs> but your arm shrink. You lose your sort of like anthropomorphic <laughs> form. So it's sort of a it's sort of a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. The 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 really weird thing is that uh Genghis Rex is like, well, once we've have the secret of dinovolving when the balance of power is even, nothing will stop us. <laughs> like he admits that, like, oh, now we'll finally be on even footing with the dinosaurs, and now, and that means we'll we'll win, but I guess. Fight? How can we well, lose? <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're completely ignoring the fact that just last episode they attacked with all their bazookasauruses and got stomped without having any of them dinovolve. They can yeah. destroy you without dinovolving because yeah, they're they objectively better than you. Right, because they have, like, <laughs> maybe two people who aren't complete, you know, goof goof boys. Like, they've got, like, two people on their team that aren't jackals. And the rest, <laughs> you know, the rest are total jackals. Get the fuck out of here! So, I think one of the funniest parts to me this episode was when the Tyrannos break in... They sneak up on old Bonehead. Oh, Bonehead. And oh. Bonehead's just he's singing a song about how he hasn't fucked up yet. <laughs> he's just there trying his best. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they. he just, he, he hits a bunch of random buttons. So they, okay, so the dinosaurs, instead of leaving a contingent back at the Lava Dome, they're like, no, we got to go find Paul and bring literally everyone except Bonehead. And Bonehead's going to watch the whole <laughs> fortress. Yeah, and Bonehead's really, like, yeah, 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 they leave Bonehead in charge. Yeah, at this point, it's really Alice's fault. Like, yeah, <laughs> you don't don't leave the whole base to Bonehead. You know, it's bad leadership. I don't, bl- I don't blame Bonehead. No, don't blame Bo- <laughs> hey, don't you yell at him? <laughs> he's 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 a sweet boy. <laughs> also. How much of human life is interacted? Like, how much of human civilization is interacted with the dinosaurs? Because at this point, dinosaurs have gone to an antique store to <laughs> to buy a, like a gramophone, <laughs> looking for their worst gramophone. Please, uh, can you lead me to your shittiest music players? Uh, they took over the Houston Astrodome mm-hmm. um, and strapped explosives to it. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're led to believe that no one knows they exist, or or that you know the humanity and the armed forces of, you know, a global coalition coalition of the entire world is not united to do <laughs> just about fucking anything. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think we should highlight this too. Uh, they intentionally got Paul the worst birthday present they could think of, just for a play on words, <laughs> just for a little gay. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's true. No, they're they're awful. Uh <laughs> Okay. Okay. So uh also Paul everyone had a ends... sweet fucking Akira bike. I just got to put that out there. <laughs> Everyone's got an awesome bike. Um though Paul's cycle it runs out of gas and then he goes out of a way out of his way to say he's out of fossil fuel for the sake I guess of another dinosaur reference from the writers, yeah, but like but that's kind of morbid. Well, it is, but also this one actually works. Yeah, it like, does. This is one of the rare like 
let's stuff dinosaur references into it, but it actually makes sense. It's not like I'm out of Fuelosaurus, <laughs> which I wouldn't put it past him. I kind of like yeah, that, that better. <laughs> yeah, but fossil fuel is like, that's that pun works. Yeah. I'm sorry, but. No, you're not wrong. Okay. So they all end up back at the lava dome uh, because they're like, oh, Paul's on his way back. Let's go prep the surprise party again because it looks like he's heading back and, you know, we're none the wiser. We're not worried about the, the fact that the Tyrannos are missing. But the Tyrannos have already made it there and they've sneaked past uh, Bonehead with no problems because bonehead mm-hmm. is is absolutely terrible and they should never put him in charge <laughs> right um but the the very long story short is that they comically end up in the same room that the party is happening and then all the tyrannos walk in on all the dinosaurs and they just start having at each other yeah it's a real tussle yeah lamely throwing fists at one another uh yeah. but before that before their tussle, uh, there's a moment where they are trying to uh, surprise Paul, and they're getting into their like surprise mode. And I think one of the dinosaurs is wearing a hat. <laughs> it's is like a big floppy, to? like D'Artagnan hat. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know which one it was. The that's quality great. for this episode that I watched was real bad. So yeah, yeah. it was like. <laughs> It's like, you know, your friend's VHS tape that you've copied on your mom's VHS machine. Yeah. And then it went through the dryer. Yeah, I tried to find a better video, but the only one I could find was just garbage. And it was still titled with the name of the other episode. Oh, right. Yeah. For some reason, like, yeah, it was it was a bundle of weird. So if you are a uh, dear listener, if you're, you know, if you had to sit through that crappy YouTube quality, I apologize. Uh, it's real bad. But uh, uh, yeah. I want to I want to point out uh, my the thing that I promised from earlier that I would return to yes, the God, the yes. birthday egg the birthday uh, egg the 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 egg day present uh, and Rory Rory this actually harkens back to something that you commented on in our very first episode uh, with with the moment with tails in the in Sonic and it with tails in the in the vent and sort of a logic breaking weird physical bit that's needlessly complicated. Yeah, uh, I feel like dinosaurs finally delivered with this thing because Storaco has a hold of Icky, the Ichthyosaurus, and yeah. Demetro's looking over. And instead of like, ah, I'm going to go punch something, he's like, no. And he uses his remote to turn on the party animal, which somehow is like, I don't know, a- a- advanced enough to waddle across the table, sprinkle salt on uh, Storaco's tail and yeah. Like, like, you want some real salty food? <laughs> it's got like a tongue and and a. I don't yeah. know. It's no. It's, it was what it was a weird. Very, it was a strange bit. It was needlessly complicated, uh, and it wasn't funny. Personally, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, I so, mean it was entirely just to bring around, you know, to have it make sense when they introduced it at the beginning, probably just so they could justify the title "Happy Egg Day" to you, because. Yeah. Otherwise, they had nothing. They had no dinosaur okay. punch. Like, otherwise, without the weird Egg Day gimmick, they've just got a birthday episode and no way to, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have called it Happy Birthday Saurus, but <laughs> they were starting to... They're already running out of ideas. Yeah. At episode three. 
Yeah, maybe the party animal was designed to do that to cake, and he just likes salty cake. (laughs) I am a party animal, and I fucking love salty cake. (laughs) Like, ideally, this in the perfect environment, this cake is the the egg is set up right in front of a tasty birthday cake, Mm. and it's gonna crack, and he's gonna waddle up, and he's got like the fork and the knife, and he's like, "Yum, I want some cake too," and everybody laughs, and he puts (laughs) some salt on it uh, because traditionally dinosaur birthday cakes are eaten salty so uh, <laughs> they that, they have savory cake right they do a, a nice savory cake uh and but usually you know extra salt please uh, <laughs> you'll hear you'll hear my mom say that <laughs> you'll hear the muffin say uh on an egg day <laughs> extra salt please that's one of their like see look at us know. go we're we're world building dinosaur culture anything <laughs> anything would be better than the nothing that we've gotten Look, it's it's all in the show. It's all in the text. Yeah, we we're just extrapolating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Paul Paul ends up getting a little shitty party. Um, yeah, and they somebody give him his threw presents. somebody threw food at Genghis Rex, Oof. which is <laughs> a real a real sore point for him, especially human food. <laughs> He's uh, not a fan. Yeah, he was none too happy about it. Yeah, and then we we just sort of we we kind of just end with a little touching moment. David forgot to put the CD player into the box, so he opens an empty yeah. present. Classic David. Uh, yeah, and just then to one last little sting to poor yeah. Paul. Yeah. Well, and even then, Paul's like, "This is the best birthday I've ever had," you know. So I'm pretty sure that he has a terrible home life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he yeah. probably forged from fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a trooper he is. <laughs> cool. Uh, how do we how do we feel about this episode? I I don't love it. Yeah, I, it's no baseball episode. <laughs> no, you know, I would say it's decidedly worse than the baseball episode last episode. Yeah, the baseball episode just had a lot more fun to it. I think the less the show has a plot and the more they're just kind of doing goofers, you know, <laughs> it's just is generally better. Mm hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, because when they try to stick to a plot and they, they've got a, a, an evil plan, it's just, I don't know. Uh, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, yeah. I wanted to read uh, some people who thought much highly, much, much higher of dinosaurs. You got some reviews? I do have some reviews of the entire show on IMDb. Nice. Uh, this is a what is that? Ten star? I don't know. It's a lot of stars. I think it's the max. <laughs> it's like ten stars. I can't, count, I can't count. I can't count. I can't count that high. But so someone says their review. This was written in two thousand and six, mind you. Uh, it's called Dino Saucers, Dino Rific. As a kid, Dino Saucers was the ultimate high. <laughs> <laughs> Already, you know, all right, that's pretty rough. But I'm 24 years old now, and I have no idea what year I came across this show. The year reads 1987, but if I watched this show at age five and it stuck with me all these years, then Dinosaurs has to be the greatest show of all time. Ooh, airtight logic. Um, oh my god! Thank you. This is from GT Bad Cat 31. <laughs> that, guy, that guy's 36 now. Yeah. He's 36 uh, years old now, reflecting what, on terrible from, choices. From what I remember, the show is based on a group of, in quotes, space dinosaurs who come to Earth somehow and meet with teenagers. 
There were two factions of dinos, the good dinos who were represented by blue colors and the bad dinos with red colors. IMDb's plot outline states that the good dinos were represented by herbivores. I'm no dino expert, but the leader of the good dinos was an Allosaurus who is considered a relative of the T-Rex. Ah. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah. The good guys consisted of the aforementioned aloe, a triceratops, brontosaurus, an echiosaurus, dino, di- dolphin-like dino, and some female bird who I remember having a crush on. <laughs> <laughs> some female Ooh. bird. Terrence. The dolphin and the bird Awaken had a thing for each other, him. if I remember correctly. Ooh, Terex and Icky? Is that something we got to look forward to? I think we do. The bad dinos consisted of a T-Rex and a Triceratops creature that had spikes all along his head. Being a former huge dino buff, it's sad I can't remember what species it, it is. I refuse to Google it, LOL. <laughs> I also forget <laughs> what the... Dino, like, it's just <laughs> crazy. You can't, can't know about dinosaurs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's kicked out. I also forget what the Bronto equivalent was, but he had a crest on his head. I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two on the good side (laughs) and a bunch of the bad side. Oh, well. My favorite part of the show was when they would hit the button they had on their spacesuits (laughs) in order to turn into their ancient form of dinosaurs. (laughs) They would be just as huge as their ancestors, and they would use this power sparingly, as I recall, being (laughs) disappointed for many an episode. My favorite episode, and maybe the, the only I remember, because I used to have it on VHS way back, is the w- one where they, for some reason, play a baseball game. <laughs> Good versus bad. It's kind of funny thinking about it now. They're supposed to be battling over the world, yet they have time for a friendly game of baseball. Check and mate. A great show, great memories. That yeah. was a 5 out of 10 stars review? No, that was a 10, 10 out of 10 stars. Oh, it was a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Say, Andy, do you uh, do you have us uh, this day in history? Oh, I do. I have a this day in animation history cue intro. Third new song. <laughs> yeah, this one, this intro is a little different than the one that we had for the uh, the previous segment. Yeah, uh, but still very good. <clears throat> so on this day, which happens to be September sixteenth, nineteen eighty seven, when this episode of Dino Saucers aired. Uh, here's some here's some facts about what was going on at the time, animation-wise. Uh, this week, two shows premiered, The Real Ghostbusters and Fraggle Rock. Very, uh, very good show, if I remember, Fraggle Rock. Uh, yeah, Fraggle Rock was dope. And, and I, I, I'm not talking about everything, because there's some terrible, terrible shows that no one's ever heard of. I'm just giving you the highlights. So... Uh, there are several shows that were on the exact same schedule as Dinosaurs, so they premiered like two weeks prior. Uh, Brave Star. Oh. Uh, Brave Star was also on episode three. Uh, that sh- that that uh, that theme is a banger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. Ooh. Uh, that was happening. Okay. Uh, so that that happened. Uh, that was on the same schedule. Uh, we were in the middle of season two of Bionic Six. I know is a favorite around here. That's <laughs> another great theme song. <laughs> and then uh, there was there was another show going on. Uh, there was a show called The Comic Strip, which was a Rankin Bass show who also made Thundercats and Silverhawks and all those weird like Christmas special stop motion. Oh yeah, things. yeah. I didn't um, realize they wait. Rankin Bass did Thundercats. Oh yeah, baby. So wow. Rank, Rankin Bastard, Thundercats, and Silverhawks. But they ha- apparently there was a sort of like baby sister show that they had. Uh, 
as a part of like the this show called the comic strip, which was like four shows in one. One of those shows was called Tiger Sharks. So if Thundercats was like cat people, yeah. Silverhawks was like weird space bird themed people, and Tiger Sharks is like fish people. <laughs> but it's like Got the same it. same animation style. And uh, now here's a show with dinosaur people. <laughs> yes. Uh, two days from this day in history, DuckTales premieres. Ooh. Uh, September 18th, 1987. You know and, I, that I was just reading an article about the uh, creation of the DuckTales theme? Oh, yeah? And that the guy who wrote it, there was like a contest to create the DuckTales theme. And the guy who wrote it uh, basically created the whole thing in about 45 minutes. So, you know, wow. what have you done in 45 minutes? Uh, this man made uh, a real, a real banger. Yeah, cartoon theme song, the one everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. And then my, my last fun fact is that two weeks after this episode aired, this is not animation, but I thought it was fun. Full House premiered. So I didn't know right. that was that old. Full House started in 1987. I did not realize. Um, yeah, and then I guess to to finish this out, the last thing that I should mention is that. Uh, I have the title of our next Dino Saucers episode, episode oh, four. Good. Episode four is entitled Hooray for Hollywood. All right. Well, this so. should be uh, it should be a real adventure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Austin, there's this new uh, there's a new treatment that just got into clinical trials that I think you've been a part of uh, called throat hornets. Oh, tell us about throat. Tell us about throat hornets. Throat hornets are great. So I've been using throat hornets for like six years. And uh, so I was really glad when we were able to sort of get them as a sponsor on the podcast. And uh, so throat hornets are just like a simple, it's like, you know, Tic Tacs. You love Tic Tacs, you have them, but you know, they're they're fine, right? They, you always feel like they could be better. I do, and, I do feel that. You know, like they're just Tic Tacs. Like they're simple, it's just like sugar or whatever. Uh, and an orange or, or that like minty green color. But what if they were actual like venomous bees? So that's what the great people at Throat Hornets have done. Uh, they've made those mean bees and they've made them, they put them in a little tiny Tic Tac box. Uh, they just take Tic Tac boxes, the recycled ones. So they're saving, it's good for the environment. <laughs> they fill them with hornets. They fill them with live hornets, and you're just like, you need a little zip. You need a little zip in your zop. Uh, and so don't stop and uh, pop a throat hornet. You okay. know, and it so it, it uses its its zimium to, to zip around. And <laughs> it injects injects the inside of the throat with... Uh, with uh, hornets? Sort of an, yeah, with, <laughs> with hornets, with hornet oil. Um, and so hornet oil is sort of a, it's an antidepressant. It's, um, you know, it's an anti-inflammatory. So it'll take down any it's sort of like swelling. Break. Yeah. So it'll, it'll do all that stuff. So, you know, you co sort of coat your throat with hornet oil. You just like, you poop that nasty bee out in a couple days. And, uh, you know, you're ready to, ready to jump up and face the world. So if you guys want a discount on throat hornets, then you can just, uh, Go out to uh, Todd's backyard, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's got a whole setup there with the Tic Tac boxes. Uh, you know, give him the code word, knock four times on the gate, 
and uh, not five times. And he should get you set up and say that the Saddam Tuesday boys sent you along. And you're ready for that good zap. The good zap. <laughs> All right, we're back to back to my favorite show because uh, it's mine and and I have better taste than everybody. Uh, so- Sonic the Hedgehog, episode three, except it's really episode two. Sonic and Sally uh, are sort of summary for this episode here. When the princess is captured, Robotnik creates a robotic duplicate of her as a means of spying on and sabotaging the Freedom Fighters, which. You know, it's sort of a very high level thing that doesn't really get into the moment to moment. Right. No. And it, it, it sort of starts with this very obvious, immediate conceit of, um, you know, Robotnik has shown that what he actually wants, he wants to roboticize everybody. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, for an unexplained reason, he only he does like a body swap episode. Yeah. For, for Sally, she doesn't have to die. Well, he, you know, I mean, his whole goal is to figure out the location of Knothole Village so that then he can, I guess, roboticize all of those, you know, adorable <laughs> little little creatures. But the one job, the visual feed cuts out. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, we're, you know, I mean, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, I mm-hmm. think, uh, with the episode, but. I, I, I want to say that uh, this, uh, this was such like a, a weird nerdy thing for me for so long and with the comic book that I get this weird, like, like bottom of my tummy, like little thrill every time someone else that's not me utters the phrase "not whole village." I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, other is people this, know. Is this a weird thing? <laughs> I know my you? secret shame. My secrets. <laughs> my secrets. <laughs> All right, I'm. You know, I'm not gonna kink shame, uh, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Okay. So this episode, we're sort of three for three in episodes starting in Robotropolis. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're they're full on on like this big old like mission, which I actually kind of dig because the other ones kind of felt aimless. And this one is like they've come in with a plan and Sally and Sonic and Bunny all have different parts to play in create in destroying the SWATBOT factory. Yeah. Who wants to bet that it wasn't Sonic? Yeah, that was actually a nice countdown moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, who wants to bet that Sonic didn't come up with that plan? <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet Sally drew a bunch of, of uh, maps and Sonic stood there tapping his foot and going, I'm waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And she just patiently somehow put up with all of his bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's Mondo patient. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice to see some genuine moments of friendship with their uh, their like handshake yep. that they've decided as of this episode, is something they have. Yeah. Um, about all these little inside jokes that they're going to be able to trip up the robot with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so they're obviously setting the field, but it's also just nice to see things being established that haven't we, we don't see on camera and sort of suggesting these moments of friendship that they have that isn't just, like, him making moon eyes at her mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, just being all hot on her, on her town. You know, but but the fact that they have like a, they have, they have a, 
a little friendship handshake. That's nice. That's yeah, that's good. And their little it's... hushed voice, let's do it to it. You know, like mm-hmm. that's obviously a private thing. Yeah. You know, that they only do by themselves. Yeah. I like that. And um, yet again, another missile that is not like a third missile design. Yeah. And not even the least sonic shaped. Yeah. Also, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to the uh, the robot guards in this episode. <laughs> um, you know, because there's really the, the bar for being a robot is pretty. I would say the one thing you have to do besides be metal is just to sort of do things a robot would do. <laughs> <laughs> and the guards don't. The guards are sitting in their little car and, and one of them is like, we should check down there. And the other one's like, dude, don't don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up for me. I want to be on the <laughs> <top."> <laughs> Yeah, yeah he's like, no, that... like, I got shit to do, dog. Let's the, the actual so they actually do the thing. They they actually are they fairly successful. And they go to the rendezvous point, which is a hay bale or a pile of hay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, actually, th- th- I think this is this is the second episode now where they've said they're going to go meet at the usual. I think Robotnik just needs to find out where the usual is. I think that's like step one because they always meet there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the basic thing he could do. But Robotnik manages to capture Sally before she can detonate the bombs that Sonic set because he was setting them because Bunny turned off the power and blah, blah, blah. It was actually, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I can't overstate this. I enjoy seeing them work as a team. It's the best part of this show. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work. Uh, and they, uh, they just, they screw it up. And Sally gets captured and they all, they show up back at Knothole on the hay bale. Uh, Bunny's arm comes off for no real reason at all. Oh, because uh, Antoine yanks it off like a big fucking idiot. Yeah, but also he says nothing because they didn't want to pay Rob Paulson to say any words. <laughs> His yeah, character they're... is there for a minute, says nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. Rotor says all the words. It's really out of character for Antoine, too. Like, he would have definitely had, like, a snappy little line, but instead he just stands around like a big idiot. Why are your arms coming off? <laughs> so they... Uh, the. The real the real part of the episode kicks off because Robotnik is making very strange choices. Because as you point out, something I hadn't really fully realized is that it would have been just way easier if he'd roboticized Sally and then made her infiltrate and like, like put a cool skin on her that made her look normal. Yeah. Uh, instead, what happens is he's like, oh, no, uh, we need to find the location of Knothole, which theoretically Sally knows. Well, I'm going to make a duplicate and then I'm going to scan your brain for your personality and put it in the robot. But apparently but I can't memories. scan your freaking memories. No, well, it does kind of like she knows a little bit, right? Yeah, like a little bit. I don't know. That's a very weird little bit of thing to hand wave where it's like, I'm going to scan your brain for stuff, but not the thing that I need so that I can justify this weird, like, you know, doppelganger yeah. episode. Yeah, like she and knows she's going to read a story to Tales. He also mm-hmm. lets Sonic rescue the robot. Because he doesn't yep. want, because he thinks they'll figure it out too easy. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, yeah, no, very odd. Yeah, and then it just decides the machine decides to fizz out, and like not give them visual confirmation. Okay, yeah, so that is that is the silliest thing in the episode because it's right as he's actually legitimately trying to roboticize Sally. And Snively's in another room, and he's trying to do it. And at the same time, like, it shorts out for plot reasons 
but it also screws up the cameras, like because somehow they're connected for no good reason. So like the roboticizer is not working and the feed from the robot isn't working. And so yeah. they only have audio, which like, is just very odd. There's no and there's no reason why it happens. It's just that no. complete convenience happenstance mm -hmm. thing that yeah. like if there was some like if it was because of a bomb, like one of the stray bombs that went off or if it was because like Sally actually took initiative and like threw a wrench in the works or something, uh, it would have felt yeah. earned, but it Agreed. wasn't. It was just a completely convenient. Oh, no. No, you're oh, totally no. right. It way absolutely should have been Sally that caused that problem, right? Because that, yeah. yeah. that would have shown that she was fighting back, that she had, you know, some say, some like influence on her own situation. As it is, she's completely damseled this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, Sonic's out there getting mouth kisses from her robot. Right? She's like, <laughs> she's like making passes. <laughs> oh my what god! What is and it with like doppelganger robots that immediately go sexy? <laughs> Just start kissing everything that moves. You all yeah. know. You, you've you've experienced this in your own lives with you doppelganger never... robots. What's the deal with doppelganger robots that go sexy? <laughs> Why are they so sexy? <laughs> oh, God. Why'd you have to make them so hot? <laughs> all they want to do is get kisses on their lips. <laughs> so many kisses. Actually, I don't think she kisses him on on his lips in this episode. I think it's no. always well, like, like bare miss. They sort of take it back. Sonic touches his cheek. Uh-huh. But the, the what we see, like, if, if if you're to believe, you know, the image that is put before you yeah. is a mouth kiss. It looks like a mouth kiss. You're right. It, you're absolutely yeah. right. There's, there's, there's yeah, actually there's a, a lot of... Twice. I just re watched it. <laughs> you, 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 you zoomed in. You I see a cyan hands. Yeah. No, it's it's a full-blown mouth kiss. <laughs> <laughs> There's mouth to mouth contact. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's that's true. So sexy robot doppelganger takes you know he takes her back. Um, so what what I think is interesting about this whole situation is that the only person who manages to prove that they are worth a damn in this episode is Tails. Yeah, and Seriously. that's because. Tails pretty much immediately realizes that something is wrong with Sally, and no one listens to him. She's not giving him the right kind of kisses. I know. There's a lot of kisses in this episode. <laughs> yeah. He, she she so kisses him. Do the kisses the way I like them. <laughs> you didn't give me the funny kiss, uh, which apparently is just a kiss on the nose. Yeah, he loves it, though. <laughs> he, he's, oh, my he's God, Tails. It. It, felt like, it felt like he was already, he already knew what was up and was just gaming the system for more kisses. <laughs> <laughs> no, the right kiss. No. No. Do it again. <laughs> I want the right kiss. Tails' yes, insatiable sure. thirst for kisses saves the day. <laughs> you, you need to write the blurbs from now on. <laughs> Tails' insatiable need for kisses. Tails in his search for kisses. <laughs> comes across a vast a vast conspiracy. Oh Boss? god. You know, so this, this but this started these sort of weird um I, use, I, I don't know if uncanny valley is the right word, but the the robot Sally understands that she's got kisses that might not be the exact kiss that was part of it. <laughs> But like she knows promise. she's got to be doing kisses. She knows she's supposed to read to Tails, even though yeah. she doesn't know the exact story. Or the witch voice. Yeah. The, 
Oh, Tails. <laughs> Tails, too. That, Tails, the spooky witch voice is better. Is better. Yeah, it's real <laughs> yes. good. So the, the ways in which Tails realizes that she is fake, she doesn't give him the right kisses when she gets back from the mission, and he makes her give him his kisses. Uh, and then she comes in to read to him at night, and uh, she's going to read a story, but she doesn't know which story. And he's like, no, you idiot, that one that we're in the middle of. And she tries to read it, but she doesn't do any of the witch if voices. If being fair, the robot Sally's still being a pretty good mom. It's not the perfect kiss or the perfect witch voice. But in general, she's kind of doing what she's got to be doing. Yeah. She's <laughs> showing him tender love Sally. and reading him a bedtime yeah, story. Yeah, when she's not ruining their crops and showing her laser <laughs> eyes in the backyard. <laughs> Okay, that is that is the most incomprehensible thing for me. So Tails, the, the nail in the coffin is that Tails wakes up and sees Sally doing full-on, like, Battlestar Galactica red eyes. But then... And he goes back to bed. He goes back to bed like a little wimp, which, like, I get it. You're small. You're a little kid. But, like... No, you know actually what happens. Uh, this is a, sort of a subtle detail. Uh, she does the red eyes towards him, but he, he ducks out of the way to not get caught spying. Oh, right. he so he's just like hiding. Yeah. No, but he says he sees the red eyes later. He tells Sonic that he see her. It? Yeah, he oh, saw okay, her eyes. So yeah, it's like think, the next day he's still the, hanging out with her. Yeah, it's a little odd, but he's like, you can tell he's like super on edge. Um, but the the issue is that they've ruined Bunny Rabbit's carrot crops, which of course Bunny has carrots. Um, I don't know why she ruins the carrots. Uh, it's never mentioned again. Presumably just, she's just there to fuck shit up. They just right. all look you know, stinky. It's a funny thing for a kid's show to take out the crops. Like, because on one hand, that's a very serious thing to do. It's a shrewd yeah. move. Uh, but then, like, I think as a kid, and certainly the way they play it up, like, you just don't really have any concept of the fact that that was that bad. Like, oh, no, no carrots. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go to the store and buy more groceries. No big yeah. deal. Kid says, kid says, no carrots? That's amazing. I was not going to, I was going to fake like I was going to eat those anyway. Yeah. Carrots are gross. Hey, kids, do you want to know what attrition is? <laughs> <laughs> so Sonic comes to Tails, and or the other way around, Tails comes to Sonic with with all of his evidence, and he's like, he's like, and, I and need to talk to you alone. And Sonic's like, Sally, and get the fuck really out of here. He feels really bad about not trusting Sally. Like it's clearly he's clearly conflicted in this, and he goes yeah. to his best friend, and Sonic has this moment where he's just like, Tails. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you are so stupid for for coming to me with this. <laughs> I've got stuff to do. Go home. Stop ragging on my girlfriend. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you gonna no. tell me that I didn't get tongue kisses from? from <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for this. Honestly, the one if the kisses is the one I care about, tails. <laughs> In Maybe that sense, be more kisses. <laughs> In that sense, it's actually a pretty smart move for for uh, for the for the mouth kisses to have happened. Oh, she's so hot! Like she's really like really getting. She knows how to get Sonic over to her team. Yeah, yeah. true. That's true. Um, then, for Sonic to figure it out, he offers a high five to this Sally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, they go back on the mission because they need to finish. They, the mission. That's yeah. They go back to the mission. Uh, but she, in general, has been able to pass in every sort of test to some reasonable degree. Like a 60%. But the robot, instead of high-fiving him, just slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he tumbles. Him, whacks him across the room. 
Yeah, they uh, taught her kisses, but not high fives. <laughs> room in this robot brain for one of two things. <laughs> well, and then she's really done in because she screws up their secret handshake they set up at the top of the episode. Right. Yep. So she screws that handshake up. He realizes that something's wrong and that Tails was right. And then she like farts out some sticky poop from her hand and he gets stuck in it. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, they catch up to the robot. Uh, they knock her out. And then Rotor is useful for the first time in the show. Rotor uh, reprograms the Sally robot uh, to be hostile and give them information that she shouldn't be giving them. Yeah, that was clutch. Yeah. So Rotor is, uh, you know, if we're giving out trophies, uh, he's the best freedom fighter of this episode. Uh, yeah. But they, uh, yeah, so they, they end up, they they finish it out by uh, um, Sonic goes and saves Sally, real Sally, and he puts the robot Sally in her place in the roboticizer. Uh, and then they run away, and uh, and then they try and roboticize the robot, which sort of makes it like go a little crazy, and it starts attacking Snively, and Robotnik's pissed, and they run away. Uh, <laughs> though, yeah. Though yeah. as they're leaving, Sonic gives. Sonic gives a, another like on camera shout out to Robotnik. He says, "You were close, Butnik, but close only counts in horseshoes." I have that written down too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you can tell the person who wrote this episode was an old old man. <laughs> it's oh just my like God. they're trying to go for the youth culture and then talking about like playing horseshoes. I don't think cool kids play horseshoes. I'm gonna no. call fake on that. Not since the 30s. Yeah, I'm gonna call baloney on like having a an like an old man line about horseshoes. <laughs> it's like something my grandfather would say. Um, not cool. Zero out of ten. Not cool. <laughs> Way definitely not past cool. Didn't even get no, to cool. Not even close. <laughs> and close is only for horseshoes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they come back. They're carried like champions. Uh, I, I did want to point out, if you look closely, all of them are only being carried by one person, including Rotor, like big old Rotor. There's like this sassy dog with an ascot. I it's love that dog. <laughs> one arm, one shoulder carrying Rotor. And a little cowboy bandana. <laughs> and he's just like, like maybe like a parrot man. I should send him on missions. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. But Sally's back. They have a little, you know, moment with Tails. She gives him the funny kiss. There's even more kisses. And then she kisses Sonic. And he tries to game the system and calls her a fake. Maybe thinking that she will continue kissing him to prove it. But that doesn't occur. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what does happen is that, and I feel like this is the real bombshell of the episode, Oh, uh, she name. calls him. Yeah, she calls him Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like his last name is Hedgehog. Like his last name is Hedgehog. <laughs> I don't see any other way to interpret that. I don't either. I think that's canon. Because <laughs> now it's a it's a sort of a, either it's sort of Smoky Bear or Smoky the Bear because like both uh-huh. are acceptable. Yeah, I mean maybe Sonic's um, middle name is the. <laughs> I I hate that. Sonic T. Hedgehog. I hate that. And I hate you. Um, <laughs> Sonic T. Hedgehog. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Also, can the butt bot thing stop? No, it was it, it actually can't. It's uh it's like a snowball down a hill. Uh, oh, they try and not write it and it shows up in the script anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like a terrible ghost. Do you think the like kid censors just allowed them to say the word butt and now they're just going bazonkers? <laughs> uh like it came in like that month that butt was allowed. Yeah, or or like it's sort of like a budget issue. Like if we don't say butt, they'll know we don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is the test case. They're like, all right, we'll let you try using butt, but you got to prove that it's, it's useful. Well, or that they won't get to get it next time, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but secret. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's like, all right, you get you get 60 butts per season, and they're like, all right, we're using all 60. <laughs> oh no, you don't. Spread those out. Spread those butts out. Spread out the butt. <laughs> Spread the oh. butt. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. They're really getting him in. Oh, it's really good. Uh any other stray thoughts? I this was not the strongest of episodes on the whole, but I have I, I think I think I liked it more than the other two. Hmm. Maybe that's just me. Last episode was pretty good though, with Kat. I, I mean, we loved yeah. Kat. I think I think I like the the other one better. Yeah, I think episode yeah, two it, is better. Because we're comparing basically two kidnap episodes, Sally and Cat. Yeah. And the cat one, not only do we is Cat a baller, but it just made significantly more sense. Yeah. Yeah. You're not you're not wrong about that. I do. I don't know. I guess I kind of have to agree with you, but I, I like. I do like the mouth kisses part of this. <laughs> so many kisses in this episode, and I just, I just can't. I mean, how do you beat that? You can't, you can't Sex fight the sells. kiss. Sex sells. Sex sells. <laughs> Listen, I know two things, boys. <laughs> butts are funny and sex sells. Now go make me a cartoon. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah, I want to see. Um, I'm moving forward. I yeah. really want to see. Uh, I don't know what the next episode is, it's but I want to see some ultrasonic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's a good. That's clever. Uh, I would love to see Sonic actually facing some sort of new challenges and not just kidnapping plots. Yeah. <laughs> the funny. The funny thing about you know Sonic's you know quote unquote speed is, is that so far in the show, no problem has ever been time sensitive. And and nothing he's done has been anything that just like that nobody else could do. I mean, I guess yeah, turning into a buzzsaw potentially is how fast he is. But you know what I mean? Like he's just normal fast as far as we've seen. He's nothing has been solved by his superhuman speed. Yeah, not really. I mean, he can get places faster. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's efficient travel. But otherwise, yeah, it's not really. Uh, a major selling point. Mostly it's just, it's Sally and his awesome friends doing 
a lot of the planning and the great work. It's and like Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, and then it's like Sonic the Hedgehog being held afloat by his really great network of friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when him and Bunny are returning from the uh, from the mission, Bunny lands in the hay, dusts herself off. I mean, Antoine rips her arm off, which isn't cool, but <laughs> they've established that you could do it without being a piece of shit. And then Sonic comes barreling in. He has no idea who's who's here, if anybody, and just fucks up their landing pad. He fucks up the hay completely for no reason. And then he says, man, that was seismic. Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a clutch Urkel joke, Rory. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real solid. I liked it. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, for people yeah. just turning in, Sonic and Urkel are. Oh, yeah. They are. They are. Uh, in fact, they're the same character. Yeah. They... <laughs> <laughs> were they both uh, on the same network? Were they both on ABC? I think that they were. Yeah. I could be wrong about it, but I think they. I think they did both air on ABC. Uh, that's a decent segue, though, to my my news segment. Q theme song. Yeah, okay. This one is gonna have uh like the lasers, sound of flying a lot of lasers. Yeah, like lasers and the sound of flying bats. Uh, <laughs> that like starts like a huge brass orchestra. Um and they're doing like every copyrighted song that you can think of. <laughs> like layered on top of each other. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Um, and then they end with like a, a quick medley of the Beatles catalog. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, and now we're back, and this is this is uh, uh, I don't even remember what I called the segment. Uh, that this day in animation history. There we go. Uh, the day in question is September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. That's the day that this episode of Sonic the Hedgehog aired. Uh, there were several cartoons that were on the exact same release schedule as Sonic the Hedgehog that started the same week and same day. Uh, one of them being Biker Mice from Mars, uh, a favorite of mine as a kid as well. Quite so. um, there was a show called Exo Squad, and there was Marsupilami. Uh, they were they were also both on their second aired episode. Also, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Oh my oh god. god! Yeah, which is a contemporary here, 1993, September 25th <laughs> episode episode of uh, yeah, uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Uh, a, a, off by a week, but still on the same day, SWAT Cats was airing on episode three. Sweet. Uh, we love SWAT Cats. Um, very similar timing as well. Rocco's Modern Life was happening, uh, which I kind of forgot that was was the same sort of time frame. Rocco was on the same uh, same year and same month as, uh, as Sonic. Wow, and, I remember and, it being later. Yeah, me too. But no, 1993 it premiered. Dang. Uh, it actually, I think it ran longer than I thought it did in terms of like new content coming out. Um, Animaniacs premiered a week before Sonic did, and they were doing episodes every weekday though, not a Saturday morning thing. So they yeah, just like, they, were, they just, dang. like, yeah, they were on their tenth episode already. And if uh, I remember correctly, although maybe they aired them two times a day, mm -hmm. uh, they were trying this thing at least with like Hysteria. New episodes were on in the morning. Like Hysteria oh. was on, and Animaniacs were on in the morning before school. I don't know yeah. what new episodes were. Yeah, they may they may have done like the new episode like early and then afternoon after school. Yeah, they might have ran it twice. Um, but yeah, so Animaniacs was the same exact time, uh, mm -hmm. and and like we've discussed before, the other Sonic the Hedgehog show, uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, 
was also doing the sort of weekday schedule, not the weekend schedule. And that was airing at the exact same time, too. So the 15th episode of Adventures of the Sonic Hedgehog. Sonic the oh, Hedgehog. Oh, wow, they were both and, still on the air at the same time? Oh, absolutely they were. Uh, oh, interesting. I guess when you had explained that how much the network hated it, I assumed that they had taken it off. No, nah, they... Uh, they were they were doing it at the same time, which was a little confusing, but you could yeah, tell no they were they were definitely different shows. I mean, you know, maybe one sure. of our our, our uh, special episodes we do later. Spoiler alert. Uh, I might force us to watch a few episodes of Adventures. I think that that's a good idea. Um, and then yeah, finally, just to compare. We were, yeah, exactly. To compare. Um my last little note, uh, this is just special to me because I liked the show, but we were we were in the middle of uh, the first season of Two Stupid Dogs at the time as well. <laughs> okay. All right. You guys, are, you guys remember that show? I sure do. Yeah. I, I I had a weird soft spot, and I think I think it was a soft spot as well because they would, like, alternate segments between Two Stupid Dogs and, like, this new version of Secret Squirrel that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, but... You know, maybe I just watched weird shit because none of you guys yeah, said anything. Yeah, it's always anything. funny when, <laughs> when, like, when a show has like a secret other show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's kind of not even-handed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like the Garfield cartoon, the Gar- it was Garfield and Friends, but you never knew when they were going to do the farm. Exactly. Yeah. It was just yeah, totally- and everyone is like, oh, they're doing a farm episode. All right, I guess I'll go make some macaroni and cheese and like, <laughs> not watch the farm. <laughs> it was uh, like it was decidedly not as fun. Where's Lorenzo Music? I want him yeah. back, right? I'm um, sure he's in there. Yeah, so that's all I got. Cue outro. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the outro this time is is just a uh, a lot of heavy breathing, uh, <laughs> followed by about a minute of like a single note being played on a harpsichord. <laughs> a minute. Yeah, and then like the there's like. And then there's like a spooky question at the end. <laughs> it's like, like a oh, are you at home tonight? Or not asked. Yeah, like some sort of foreboding question. We don't know. We don't know what it is. So, get on that, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, are you listening? I'm sure it's gonna turn out real good. Mm-hmm. What do we think about all our episode threes? Just kind of, I don't know. You know? I, I mean, I think Digimon's the clear winner this episode. This, this I, time. I, surprisingly, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> it it had a it had an episode that that made me feel even a little bit. Um, and the others they were they weren't they weren't as good. Well, Dinosaurs continues to be completely unapproachable for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what's happening is we're starting to see the strength of the the like narrative long game paying off for Digimon, uh-huh. uh, while the shows that were easier to pick up and watch and have like single one off episodes, uh, you know, we're starting to sort of lose steam on them because, you know, they're not keeping us going. They gotta buy you every time. Right. They gotta yeah. buy you every time. So. Uh, I think that's kind of what's happening here is, you know, we're starting to see an investment as we're kind of trucking along with these shows. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that just about does it for this week. Yeah. Uh, and I think next time we want to, we've hinted at a special episode before, but yeah, I think we're looking to, to maybe switch it up a little bit with maybe, I guess potentially they'll, they'll be shorter, but, uh, but yeah, you know, we'll we might talk a, a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, do sort of a little dive on a unrelated show. Do a yeah. single show for one episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think I think we're gonna keep that show a secret until we drop it. So uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll uh, you'll enjoy it, or even if you mm-hmm. don't enjoy the show, you'll enjoy us talking about it because yeah. I think we might hate this show. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I guess if you want to watch it, you'll just have to f- figure out what you're gonna watch when we release <laughs> when we release it, and then do the things we want you to do or not. Yep. Yeah. So spoiler alert: this first one is probably a stinker. Um, <laughs> oh well, Rory. Rory's got. He's holding the torch for it, so we'll see. Yeah, we, we, we will <laughs> see, and we will see you another time, perhaps in a week on Tuesday. Yeah, don't fuck up our outro, Andy. <laughs> I just want the last word, and no. I got it. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Nailed it. <laughs> You're being a real Jekyll today. No. <laughs>